0: 5 Ways to Optimize Your Podcast Website Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, Episode 257. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning in-depth podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I've been doing this little series of episodes now for a few weeks talking about your podcast website. If you haven't listened to the most recent three episodes, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to them because this episode builds on top of those previous three. I've talked about how to choose the right hosting for your podcast website, six needs for your podcast website design or WordPress theme. And in the last episode, I talked about 14 features your podcast website needs. In this episode, it's Coming all together with this conclusion of five ways to optimize your podcast website. Those are number one, optimize for goals. Number two, optimize for mobile. Number three, optimize for search. Number four, optimize for speed. And number five, optimize optimize for accessibility. If you would like to follow along in the show notes with this episode and remember this show notes slug because it's going to be very important for a special promo I'll tell you about at the end of the episode. But please go to the slash website optimization. Remember that slug, website optimization, because it's going to be a coupon code for something I'll mention at the end of this episode. But there are several ways you can optimize your website and these are things that may not necessarily be related to the theme or the plugins you use, although they can be connected with that and the theme or plugins that you use on your site or how you code your site can take part in these different methods of optimization. But behind each of these is really a series of decisions you need to make and it's stuff that you do, the technology can make it a little bit easier, but the responsibility is mostly on you to optimize your site for these things. It's just like when we're talking about search engine optimization, there's a great plugin for it called Yoast SEO. It's the plugin I recommend. You install that and it doesn't immediately make your site search engine optimized. It enables you to use new tools to better optimize your website for search engines. That's the kind of thinking I'm talking about. The tool enables you to do something that you need to already decide to do. So I have these five ways to optimize your podcast website and you can follow along in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash website optimization and remember that website optimization because that's a promo code for something I'll tell you later. Number one, optimize for goals. What do you want your podcast website to do? I've said several times before that I think the primary goal of a podcast website needs to be to make it as easy as visit website, press play, and people can consume your podcast that easily. But judging from the majority of podcast websites out there, it seems that many podcasters either don't know what their goals are. Or they have far too many goals on their site and their site is just screaming out, click me, no, 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 click me, no, click me, no, click me, no, click me, no, click click here, no, go there, no, go somewhere else, go, and all of this random stuff going on on their site. Here's an exercise that I encourage you to try. And this is just a mental exercise. Imagine your website was allowed to accomplish only three things. What would you want those three things to be? I'm not saying that 3 needs to be the magic number, although that is close to what I would say should be your magic number for the overall goals of your website. But think about what are those most important things, those high priority goals for your podcast website. You may have a whole bunch, you may have very few, but what if your website was designed to serve only those few high priority goals? Here are some examples of some things that I think are high-priority goals for a podcast website. Listen to your podcast, subscribe to your podcast, share your content, join your email list if marketing is really important to you, or maybe buy something from you if you have something to sell. But then there are also those low-priority goals that you'll often see littering many podcast websites and other blogs follow on social networks, visit affiliate links, send feedback, write a review for the podcast. I'm not saying that these are unimportant. I'm saying they're low priority. And these should not be the primary emphasis of your podcast website. But you need to focus on what is that primary emphasis and make sure that your website is pointing people to that and it's optimized to meet your goals. And it is entirely possible and acceptable to have different goals for different sections of your website. For example, the goal of your feedback or contact form is very simply to have someone send you a message of some sort. So on that particular page, you want that goal to be clear and obvious and for it to be very easy for people to accomplish that goal on that page. And you probably don't want them to be distracted by many other things like your contact page, may not be the best area for some kind of pop-up or an opt-in form to join your email list because they're trying to email you, not to receive email from you. You can have a little checkbox on your form that says, would you also like to subscribe to my email list to receive whatever it is that you send out? And that can be a good way of offering that opt-in option On that contact page but you don't want to distract them from doing what they want to do on that page. Your goals for an individual episodes post on your website is most likely for someone to listen to or watch that specific episode and then maybe a secondary goal is to share that episode, leave some feedback or maybe there's some other specific action you want them to take after they have consumed that episode. So that's what I'm talking about when you have goals for specific contexts on your website. And it's okay to have different goals for different sections. So all total, you may have a hundred different goals for a hundred different sections of your website, but what are those overall primary goals for your website? Think very carefully about what you want people to do when they visit your website and then try to remove all of the distractions from their Doing that thing. Don't treat your website like a Christmas tree. And the general rule on a Christmas tree, I don't know if this is the way it is for you, but this is the rule I learned for a Christmas tree is there's never enough on the tree. There are never enough lights. There are never enough decorations. In fact, one great rule I heard is when you think you have enough lights on the Christmas tree, add two more strands of lights. Get a really nicely lit tree that has a lot of personality to it. Uh, Some of the interior decorators are probably thinking, no! (laughs) But Christmas trees are about fun and family, not necessarily about how good they look unless you're trying to be that model home. But that's a complete (laughs) tangent there. Make sure you're not treating your website like that Christmas tree where you're loading everything possible on it. You have horrible old things and nice attractive new things and all differently colored stuff. Keep it clean and optimized for the goals that you have on your site. Is it really your goal for when people come to your website to join your Facebook group or to follow you on Twitter? This, yeah, that might be something you want them to do, but that's probably not your goal for the site. There can be appropriate places to ask them to do that. But make sure that your site is focused on the goals that you have. So think carefully about those goals and work to optimize your site for those goals, whatever they may be for you. Your podcast could be a side thought to your website and the main purpose of your website is to sell something. Then you need to make sure that your website is optimized to sell something. That's number one, optimize for goals. Number two, optimize for mobile. The growth of mobile website browsing will Only increase in the coming years. Someday we may have a completely different platform, but when you start setting up the framework now to optimize for mobile, then I think you're helping to future proof your website for whatever new platform comes out in the future. And optimizing for mobile has several aspects that I think you should consider with your podcast website. Think about the responsiveness, this is making your website respond to the size of the browser which is often based on the size of the device, but it could also be based purely on the size of the window on someone's desktop computer. You can see this on different websites. Like if you go to the com on your mobile device, you'll see a different looking website slightly than what you see on the desktop. Things are thinner. Stuff flows a little bit differently. That's the website responding to the size of the device. When you build in this responsiveness or what we call responsive web design, this makes engaging with your content much easier on smaller screens and really any size of a screen or a browser. Optimizing for mobile also means ensuring you have compatibility on your website. Make sure that whatever features that are on your site do actually work on mobile devices, and you might have to try them on a mobile device to ensure that they work. Stuff like podcast players, sharing buttons, feedback forms, stuff like that are things that you should test to make sure if you press play on a mobile device. Does it actually play the episode or does it do something weird? Does it download the episode to the person's music library? Does it play in the browser? Does it open a pop-up? Does it do nothing? What about the feedback forms? Do they work or anything like that? Do they work the way you want them to on a mobile device? Also think about the usability when optimizing for mobile. Most mobile interactions are done with the rather imprecision of a finger, Thus, whatever links or buttons or form fields or anything like that, anywhere that you want your visitor to interact with your website, needs to work well with the imprecision of a finger and fingers of all sizes. It could be someone with fat fingers, and and for that you could practice by using your thumb to press on things. And you might see this on some sites that do have a responsive design, so they fit properly. On a mobile screen, but when it comes to actually pressing the links, the links are so close together or maybe the text that's hyperlinked is so few words that it's really hard to press with your finger. An example of this that you might see is maybe someone is adding footnotes to something they're quoting and those footnotes are a number surrounded by square brackets and only that single digit number is hyperlinked. And there are several of these right next to each other, that can be very difficult to precisely tap with your finger. Some good optimization for mobile can help you to make those links better. And that could mean making a decision to, instead of hyperlinking a single number, to hyperlink a phrase or a word instead of such a small number. It's very easy to click with precision when you're using a mouse. Not so easy to tap with precision when you're using a finger because of finger sizes and the fact that you can't really see exactly what you're tapping on with your finger. So make sure those things are nicely spaced out. You need the responsiveness, the compatibility, and the usability to really optimize for mobile. Most of this is related to your website design, yes, but some of this mobile optimization is really based on decisions that you make, like what you hyperlink, the plugins that you use, how you use images on your website, the amount of information, styling, fonts, that kind of thing. These are decisions you make as far as what goes on your site. I really don't recommend that you hide or remove functionality on your website for mobile users. It's quite often that a mobile user wants to accomplish the exact same thing on your website as a desktop PC user would. They're just on a mobile device for some reason. That could be that they're sitting on their couch and casually browsing during a commercial break. Maybe they're using their phone. Maybe they're using a tablet. Don't think that just because they're on mobile, that means that they are actually mobile, like out on the road or something, and they're looking for certain information. Yes, you can highlight certain things more to mobile users. Like if someone's on Android, for example, it might be very good to highlight your subscribe on android.com link instead of your iTunes link. Or if someone is on iOS, it might make more sense to highlight the subscribe on iTunes or maybe even make it say subscribe on podcast link on there. That's something that I will be building into a future update of my social subscribe and follow icons plugin for WordPress. And if you're interested in this, then check out subscribeandfollow.com. But don't buy it yet, because I'm going to tell you a promo code at the end of this episode that will save you some money make sure that you optimize for mobile devices. This not only helps with the user experience, but it also helps with your search engine visibility. Google has said that they would start prioritizing mobile optimized websites. And this is the important part. Four searches done on mobile devices. So the concept was that If someone searches on a desktop computer, they would see regular results. And if they searched on a mobile device, they would see maybe a different list of websites prioritized more with the sites that are actually optimized for the mobile experience. I've tested this with a few random searches where I knew on the desktop, the number one or number two result was not optimized for mobile. And then I tested it on mobile. I found it was the exact same number one and number two results. So I was seeing the same results and that was still putting as the number one or number two results, a not mobile optimized website. There could be something about reputation that's still weighing into this. Like you don't lose your reputation if you haven't optimized your website for mobile yet, or maybe they just haven't started penalizing people yet. Maybe they've only announced it but haven't actually implemented that much of the algorithm yet. I'm not that much of an SEO expert to really know for sure what Google is doing, but it is something to keep in mind and I can see other search engines also doing something similar. So it's best to ensure your website works on a browser and device of any size so that when anyone visits your website from any kind of device, your site will work for them and they can get to the content they need. They can find it with a search engine or they can consume it through their mobile device. That's number two, optimize for mobile. Number three, optimize for search. Search engine optimization or SEO is such a large topic that I have a completely separate SEO for podcasters course about it. And I'll give you a promo code if you're interested in buying SEO for podcasters. I'll tell you that promo code and the whole terms and conditions later in this episode. But what's most important for you to remember about search engine optimization is that you're not optimizing for search engines. You're optimizing for humans who use search engines, not optimizing for the search engines themselves. This is especially true as search engine algorithms are regularly tweaked to become more human-like and provide the kinds of results that humans would actually want, which totally makes sense. When I search Google or some other search engine for something, I want what I want. I don't want what a machine wants. I want something that is actually relevant to what I entered, and the algorithms are becoming more and more human-like in what they prioritize, not simply basing it on the number of keywords, although that does affect things to a certain degree, but on other factors of relevance, on security, on uh, mobile friendliness, on a lot of these other factors that go into search engine ranking and what makes a website optimized for humans using the website and using search engines. So practically, this comes down to two important aspects of search engine optimization and there are a lot of other aspects and a lot of ways to leverage these aspects of search engine optimization and i cover these in much much more detail in my seo for podcasters course but the two things that are most important are your titles have clear and compelling titles with the most important information first and the second most important thing is written content have high-quality written content with, again, the most important information first. It's very important, as you can tell, these things need to be high-quality. Transcripts, I think, are low-quality text. They're, in a way, the lazy man's way of making podcast show notes. It's better than nothing, but I think writing your podcast content as a blog post is the best way to go because that creates high-quality content fewer words than a transcript, but higher quality words. And it's also much easier to read than trying to read a transcript of a podcast. So your titles and your written content are what matter most to search engines. But don't only think about the external search engines like Google, Bing, and other search engines. Also think about the search on your own website This is primarily powered by your titles and your content, but also by your internal tags. In WordPress, for example, you can add tags to posts, and those tags have absolutely no bearing on external search engine optimization. In fact, meta tags or meta keywords no longer matter to all of the popular search engines out there, including iTunes. But they do matter on your site. So your internal tags are great for connecting posts to each other or adding keyword themes to certain pieces of content. For example, certain plugins that let you see related posts will pull that relevance based on the number of similar tags. So if I talk a lot about WordPress in one episode and I tag it with WordPress and I talk about WordPress in another episode and I tag it with WordPress as well, then WordPress will see these two separate posts are both tagged with the keyword WordPress, so they must be similar in some way. And certain search tools that you can use on your site, like I previously mentioned, Search WP is my preferred search engine for internal WordPress search and it's much more intelligent than the built-in WordPress search. That does prioritize things like that and you can change what priority each piece of text receives on your site. Like maybe the tags get more priority than the content or the excerpt or something like that. It's up to you to customize that. So optimize your site for search. Not only search engines but really optimizing it for humans who are using search engines external search engines as well as internal search engines that's number three optimize for search number four optimize for speed people want things quickly they want their food quickly they want customer service quickly they want information quickly there are all of these things that we want quickly we almost live in a microwave oven culture where we really want stuff now or as close to now as possible Your website should ideally also be fast, and I recommend be usable within three seconds. Now note, I said be usable, not completely load, but be usable within three seconds. And that could mean that they can see your content, they can interact with what they need to within a short amount of time instead of waiting a long time for every aspect of your site to load and every single image even the images that aren't visible on the current page the usual culprits for slowing down your website are really big images like images that are bigger than they need to be both in pixel dimensions as well as file size i've seen this before on websites where they might have an image that is displayed at only 300 by 300 pixels on their site and the image itself is 1400 by 1400 pixels. Often it's the podcast cover art that is the culprit in this case. They're displaying that large 1400 by 1400 in this small space. Or the other problem is it could be a 300 by 300 pixel image in a 300 by 300 pixel space, but the image is a megabyte or two megabytes, which is way too big for an image of that size, unless you're using it for print work and then file sizes don't really matter that much or at all to the final result. But on the website, you need optimized images. So that's a big culprit right there, is the images that you're using on your website, but also the social network buttons and boxes on your site, like a Twitter widget that shows your latest tweets or a Facebook page widget, those kinds of things load a lot of other files, a lot of images, a lot of other data that will significantly slow down your site. So be careful with those other social network things. And also plugins. Having too many plugins on your site could slow it down. Not only because of all of the PHP and other coding that needs to run in the background, but it's possible that every plugin is loading An additional file. It could be a JavaScript file, an image CSS file, a font file. It could be all kinds of different things and you don't have to necessarily know what those things are that it's loading, but know that it's probably loading something extra. And every time there's an extra file that needs to be loaded when someone visits your site, that slows it down a little bit. In fact, it's worse to have multiple files than one larger file. And there are different ways that you can combine these things, and that gets a bit more technical and I did share some resources in a previous episode about how to speed up your website without switching your hosting and I have a link to that in the show notes for this episode at the podcast dot com slash website optimization. But these are the biggest culprits that you need to consider when your website seems to be running slowly. It could be you're using images that are too big or not saved well. It could be social network buttons or widgets or boxes on your site. Or it could be plugins that you're using. Maybe badly coded plugins or just simply too many plugins. But speed doesn't only relate to how quickly your website loads. It also goes back to the goals of your website. What do you want people to do when they load your website? Now, how quickly can they do that? Even if your website loads within one second, it won't help you much if it then takes the visitor several minutes to get to what they want. Maybe all they want to do is subscribe to your podcast. So they load your website and poof. Wow, that's great. It loaded within half a second. Fantastic. Now, how do I subscribe to the podcast? Maybe is it under here? No, no, that's just a list of the episodes. Is it under here? No, no, that's the Facebook and Twitter. Is it under here? No. So see, speed also connects to your goals. How quickly can someone do what they came to do once your website has loaded? So make your website as fast as possible to use, not only to load. And a big way to do this is to not force people to have to think hard about how they work with your website. Trying to figure out, should I go here for this thing or is it here? make it easy. There's a great book on website usability called Don't Make Me Think and I've read this back in the days when I used to be a web designer and it was a really good book that really explained well the kinds of things we should be doing to make it easier for people to interact with the site. A very easy thing to understand is don't try to be cute. This is something that Actually, uh, Blab changed. I, I did suggest it. Maybe others suggested it too. But on Blab, they used to have a button that said, Tell a little bird. What does that mean? Now, maybe you recognize the color blue. Maybe you recognize the little bird icon, which was the Twitter bird icon. But tell a little bird is not as straightforward as tweet or share this or something like that. And that's now what it says is, It says tweet and then in the chat room it might say something cute sometimes. Think about that with other aspects of your site too. How quickly can someone understand the information? Do you have this really cute title that just makes you smile but it doesn't really explain what you're about? Maybe that would be better as a subtitle to the content and your main title be straightforward. I see that a lot at conferences. Sessions will have these really cute titles. I have no idea what they're about. And then the subtitle actually explains what the session is about. That's the reverse way to do it. Make the main title the thing that explains it well. And then you can be cute in the subtitle if you're going to be cute. But this is number four way to optimize your podcast website. Optimize for Speed make sure you listen to or check out the show notes for that past episode where I talked more about how to speed up your website. And I shared several tools in that episode about how to measure your speed, how to optimize, how to cache, and all kinds of really cool stuff. I have that link in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash website optimization. And number five, optimize for accessibility it's very important for you to ensure that your website is accessible to the physically impaired. Usually, if you're following the best practices and following these other tips for ways to optimize your site, then you probably have a mostly accessible website. And you could be much farther ahead of other people who don't follow the optimization tips. But there are still other practices to ensure that anyone can use and interact with your website here are a few tips and i am not an accessibility expert and some of these could get into technical things you'd have to do but here are a few tips that you could employ to make your website more accessible add alt text that describes images this is what is read by screen readers for the visually impaired when they can't see an image in your notes don't simply say the image shows this Explain what the image shows or if you add this alt text then their special software will see that and read that to them. So you could explain what the image is showing or what conclusion can be drawn from the image. Anything that makes sense. Also add simple navigation. Don't get really complicated and weird with where the navigation is, what it looks like, the language that you use. Be clear and concise and simple with your navigation. Use headings for hierarchy not visual style. If you need something to be bigger, change that by changing the font size. Don't make it a heading 1 or heading 2 just because you want it to be bigger. Use the headings to break apart your content to give it some hierarchy and structure. Also use a website theme that has accessibility features built into it. These can be things that you might not see when you're looking at the website on your desktop computer, But these features might show up when someone is accessing your website with their special software that allows them to interact with the internet. There could be certain obvious features like a skip to content hyperlink near the top of the page or skip navigation or something like that that allows them to easily jump from being at the top of the page and having to go through all of the menus, the widgets, all of that down to where the content actually is and read that quickly. And there are other features, too, that can make the website more accessible and some back-end technical stuff that many themes might have built into them. Also, be careful with icon fonts. This is kind of like the Wingdings font that you might have played with as a kid or when Microsoft Word was first coming out. A font where if you type the letter A, maybe something else shows up. Or you type, for example, maybe you type the letter T and the Twitter logo shows up and you type the letter F and the Facebook icon shows up. Those kinds of things are nice for many different uses, but if you actually have to enter that text into the site, that can cause accessibility problems because screen readers will read that as regular text. So it will read the F, the T, the A, the the G, the H, the Y, all of these different letters, it will read those. This was uh, brought to my attention a while back with my WordPress plugin, Social Subscribe and Follow, where I was using icon fonts, and I still do, but the way I had implemented them, they would show up to screen readers as well as in certain RSS readers as F Facebook and T Twitter and G Google and that kind of thing, where it had an extra letter at the beginning that looked sloppy it looked like a mistake it was not good so i changed that around to how it was doing it so now screen readers don't or i believe don't read those letters and rss feeds and that kind of thing don't mess up with displaying those letters so be careful with icon fonts that doesn't mean you have to avoid them it does mean be careful with them also test your website in screen readers and there are many different screen readers out there that you could use for testing your site. If you even just look online for free screen reading software for Windows or for OS Ten, you can try some of these and it can be very enlightening to discover how is it that visually impaired people interact with your website. I also recommend that you maintain high contrast between the text and anything that's in the background be careful with your colors please don't put light gray text on white backgrounds or light gray on top of dark gray make the contrast even stronger so that even someone who thinks they have good eyesight doesn't start to question that fact and have trouble reading your site that also goes in with the font sizes that you're using on your site don't make it tiny and light colored make it easy Make it accessible. I know there's this thought of, oh, it looks so beautiful when it's a lower amount of contrast and lighter colors and it's very pleasing to the eyes. Sure, it might be, but you can't read it. And that's a bigger problem if you can't read it or if other people can't read it. Don't only try to make your website accessible to users with some kind of bodily limitation. Also think about other restrictions that could affect the accessibility of your website like internet filters, bandwidth limitations, the browsers people are using, the device they're using, ad blockers they might be using, and much more. Try these things and it doesn't mean you have to spend hours and hours but do test some of these things to see how usable is your site. You may not be able to guarantee A totally identical experience for everyone, regardless of the device they're using or limitations they're working with, but ensure that the main purposes of your website are served and accessible to everyone. So go back to those goals. The number one optimization tip, optimize for goals. Go back to that and think about what do you want people to do when they come to your website and make sure that works for everyone. Regardless of what technology they're using, what physical limitations they may have, or where they are in the world, make sure those goals work for them. So once again, these five ways to optimize your podcast website are available in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash website optimization, and they are number one, optimize for goals, number two, optimize for mobile, number three, optimize for search, number four, optimize for speed, and number five, optimize for accessibility. Now I mentioned earlier that I have a promo code for you and I did spoil it a little bit by telling you what that promo code is but if you go to theaudacitytopodcast.com and you want to purchase either SEO for podcasters or my WordPress plugin social subscribe and follow icons then use the promo code website optimization. It's the same thing as the show notes URL website optimization. Use that in the cart and you'll receive 35% off. You could purchase both at the same time if you want to. SEO for Podcasters as well as my WordPress plugin, Social Subscribe and Follow Icons. This will get you on the way to optimizing your website, especially optimizing it for search and engagement because the SEO for Podcasters course is much more than simply search engine optimization. I talk about making it so that your podcast, the way that you present your content is optimized for people who searched and found your podcast. It's more than insert this text into this meta tag, use this Google keyword search tool. But really, how does this affect your content? With SEO for podcasters, I can't guarantee that it will make your podcast more findable. But what I can guarantee is that it will change the way you podcast and help you to podcast better. So both of those links are available in the show notes for this episode, but that promo code is not in the show notes. I will send it out to my email subscribers to let them know too. But if you just go to the show notes looking for the promo code, it's not going to be there. But the links to SEO for Podcasters as well as my WordPress plugin will be there. But use that promo code, Website Optimization, and you'll save 35% on your purchase of either or both of those tools to help you improve your podcast. That promo code expires midnight Eastern Standard Time, March 6th. So hurry and use that. That gives you almost two weeks to use the code from the time that this episode is released. But hurry up and if you want to get SEO for Podcasters or my WordPress plugin, then use that promo code and you'll be able to save 35%. If you're in Podcaster Society and you want to buy, contact me first because Podcaster Society members get actually an even better discount than that and that's part of the awesomeness for their being in podcaster society once again please visit the show notes at the audacity to slash website optimization for this information and to share with me your thoughts or experience on this especially if you have experience making websites accessible or maybe you are impaired in some way and you have to rely on these accessibility tools please share your experience there by commenting on the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash website optimization. Special thanks to those who left kind reviews for the Audacity to Podcast. Recently, it was Michaela from the United States of America who said, between Daniel and Dave Jackson, host of School of Podcasting, by the way, great guy, great podcast, I listen to it myself, Michaela said, I'm close to feeling ready to start my own podcast. Now Michaela actually had some other criticism in the review talking about the way that my Christianity comes out in the podcast. And I'm not excluding that here because I am referring to it. I just didn't want to read that here because I'll save that for a future episode of the Audacity to Podcast that is in planning where I'll be talking more about your faith or lack thereof, leaking through in a podcast. And my Christianity is very real to me and I leak it. I don't try to stop it. I don't force it out. I just leak my worldview as everyone else does. And Michaela recognizes that. And that's why they deducted only one star for that because of a particular background that they have and with some other experience, which I'm sorry for. I really hope that uh, I can change that perspective. But I'm looking forward to my future episode when I talk about leaking your faith or your anti-faith in your podcast and mark decote from canada said a vault of podcasting knowledge daniel is a down-to-earth real guy with a love for helping people he shares his vast knowledge of podcasting freely because he truly wants other podcasters to succeed i was so impressed with everything that he offers that i joined his podcaster society and i couldn't be happier with the decision well thank you very much mark and Michaela. For those kind reviews in iTunes, if you'd like to write a review for the podcast in iTunes, then please go to theaudacitypodcast.com and click on the iTunes or Stitcher or soon Google Play music buttons for you to be able to write reviews there. And you can get your own podcast reviews emailed to you automatically, like I do, by using mypodcastreviews.com. It's the service I created for other podcasters and I use it myself. Podcaster Society is now closed for new members, and it won't reopen for a while. But in the meantime, you can go to PodcasterSociety.com to join the waiting list to discover the next time it will reopen or if we have any other special announcements over there. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the AudacityTopodcast.com. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.